Professor Dumbledore has granted me permission to start this little dueling club. And with that, welcome to the dueling club, learning one spell at a time. Hello, welcome to the dueling club. I'm Al. And I'm Jen. Yes. And we're a little bit more subdued than last time. Uh, last time we were on crack. No, we were on monster energy drinks. Yeah, crack, that's what I said. <laughs> she gave me another one. <laughs> this is gonna be bad. Or good. I don't know. We'll find out. Mmm, chemicals. So. I'm so sorry for that sound. I'm not sorry. Yeah, don't ever do that again. I'm not sorry. I take it back. It was a lie. So. Um. Just a heads up. <laughs> I We actually have a lot of stuff personally that's happening like the next week and the week after like next no 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 not we me and you me we me and the boyfriend yeah like next week on the day that he's going out for a bachelor party like Mm -hmm. all day like they've rented a place they're doing whatever um i'm going to his older brother's new place like his older brother and his wife their new place for like a housewarming slash birthday party. Okay. And then the next weekend, I'm having brunch with my friend. Um, shout out Lydia in case you hear this. The one that I went to college with. Yes. We're having brunch again because we've been communicating and I really like her as a person. And I don't know why we just kind of fell off Life. from talking. Yeah. Oh, oh yes exactly it's life pulls you in different directions and so yes. some people who you wish you had stayed in contact with you just don't yes so now both of us are making the effort and like we have some we have a lot of things in common we're relatively the same age we ha- both have curly hair so we're trying to figure out the curly hair thing no, no, it's People a, bond it's a over thing. crazy stuff. Okay. No, 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 it's a thing. Okay. We both crochet. We both sew. She wants to take up knitting. I knit. Um, we have a lot of things that we talk about that we both understand each other. And like it's little shorthand that we have now yes. when we talk about these things. Um, and it's like. We, we remember things about having gone to the same college together. Mm-hmm. And, like, we have these stories together. And we have mutual friends that I want to slip into the hanging out so that all of us can hang out. You know? So it's nice to be able to talk to people and hang out with people that you just get along with. Yeah. Yeah. And the best friend in Mississippi, she's doing well good she's learning new stuff and doing new stuff she's doing the thing she's got it did i tell you that for her first day of work on july 1st i got her um a a cold brew like a french press and i got her different kinds of coffee nice and she's like i love this i have used this every day since i've started working no french presses are cool so she has cold brew every day. Well, I mean, the French press is different from a cold brew. Well, I know, but I'm saying it was like a French press kind of looking thing, but for cold brew. 
Like, I made sure it was a cold brew thing. Okay. And I got her grounds that were grounded to the consistency you're supposed to use for cold brew. Yes. And they were flavored. So she's gone through both of them now. Oh, okay. And she's like, I need to buy more of this. And I was like, Amazon. Although we don't want to support Jeff Bezos, we kind of have to because this is amazing. And she kind of has to because she's in the middle of nowhere, Mississippi. Yeah. So, like, you kind of have to figure out ways to get things. I have a question for you. If you were given, if you just magically had millions of dollars and you could live anywhere, would you want to live in more of an urban area like a city or would you want to be in like the hills of of Malibu or Beverly Hills or whatever. So I've I've already like I've had this talk and I've realized that for me food is very important. Yes. Um it's I can I like to cook, I like to eat, I like to explore new flavors, I like to indulge in the flavors that I like. But if you had millions of dollars you could also have a chef. Go ahead. I wouldn't want that. Okay. Um so I would live in an Asian country, but I, I wouldn't want to live in a city. I want to live on like the outskirts, so I could still get deliveries, you know, fairly easily. Would have to like pay a ton of money. I have to maybe wait like an extra day or two, but I'd be away from hustle and bustle. It'd be quieter, but I could still get into a city fairly quickly. Like like let's say like the outskirts, of, like Tokyo or something. Yeah, that's what I would want. I wouldn't want to be in a city. Because money gets spent very quickly in a city. But being close to one is a good idea because of yeah. the things you can do. So, I just had this conversation. Yes. And my thought was, I want to be in more of an urban area for convenience. Like, I literally want to be able to step outside my door and walk to things, if I have to. Yeah. Um... However, I would also like to have a second residence where I can get away from everything. And at that point, I'd be happy to have a chef so I don't have to worry about stuff. But it's like, I don't, I want the convenience of both. Only because when we, whenever we go to Pennsylvania, because, mm-hmm. you know, he has family there. Yeah. Whenever we go there, inevitably we have the conversation where I'm like we could live out here and then we drive for five minutes and I'm like nope nope we can't there's nothing here nope I wouldn't want to live in a very woodsy area just because again I'm on like horror talk where they talk about like Wendy boys and um how you can't go into the Appalachia Mountains yeah pelt pedestrians I think is what they're calling them now I don't even know. I don't even want to know what you watch on TikTok. Like, after this episode, I want us to exchange phones mm-hmm. just so that we can see what's on each other's for you page. Yes. Like for a couple minutes and then go to the things we're following mm-hmm. just to see. Because, you know, it's good to know. Um, yeah. But I just wanted to ask because, again, we ta- we had a really long episode where we talked about just about everything for mm-hmm. our 100th episode. Oh, my God. Um, and I wanted to be able to bring something else up so that we could talk about it 
before we get into the Harry Potter of it all. Yes. And before we get into the Harry Potter of it all, I just want to say hello and welcome um, to our existing listeners, to our new listeners. Mm. Hey, everybody, we love you. Thank you for being here. And um, I mean, you could like, follow, subscribe wherever you want, however you want. Comment. (laughs) We will comment back. We interact very regularly and within a couple of hours because one of us will just randomly be on our phones and be like oh hey let me answer that true um yeah facebook join our facebook group cool cool see yes and now we're actually gonna get to harry potter amazing i know right i know right okay this one is going to be chapter 35 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name of the chapter is Veritaserum. Mm-hmm. This is season four, episode 41. By the way, Veritaserum has been brought up before. It is a, um, a truth serum. Yes. Snape actually brought it up to threaten Harry. Yes. Uh, because he thought that Harry was stealing from his private stores. Yes. Um, and said, I will give you the world's most powerful truth serum. This is what it is. And my hand actually slips over your morning pumpkin juice. Yes. You'll be spilling it all, Potter. Exactly. Anyway, what else was that? So, we commented on it before. Yes. Um, And quick recap of the previous chapter. Voldemort's back. <laughs> Voldemort's back. We saw some nifty things that happen when twin cores interact. We um, saw we saw death, ghosts, and and oddly enough, they're all against Voldemort because I mean they all died at his hand, yeah. um, and they all want to help Harry get away from the douche, the yes, the douche. But I was actually <laughs> going to say the graveyard that he's in that he was transported to by the Triwizard Tournament Cup, which happened to be a port key. Yes, the douche. Yes. Okay. Um, and now he is he's he trying to make his way back. Yeah. He lands at the edge in the maze with Cedric's body, and that's where he picks oh, up. Oh, no. Well, so it's actually picking up with... Reappearing at the maze's, a maze's edge, still clutching to try with her cup in Cedric's body. Yeah. So I was right. He slams flat on the ground. Huh? And he's overwhelmed by the noise that he hears because well, it's cheering and, and, and screaming and it's, just, it's still a Triwizard Cup people he has been through hell but no one no one is you know none the wiser he is just he can't he is he's overwhelmed by everything that happens he's shocked he's exhausted and let's be really real his head is still hurting Yes. His head hasn't stopped hurting. His scar hasn't stopped hurting since he got transported by the Porky. Basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and amidst the confusion and shouts, he actually feels a pair of hands seize him roughly and turn him over. Mm-hmm. And he opens his eyes long enough to see that it's Dumbledore. And Dumbledore is crouched over him, and he's like, Harry, Harry. And Harry only has enough power in himself Mm -hmm. 
to whisper, he's back, he's back, Voldemort. Could you imagine what it's like to be Dumbledore and hear that? Well, could you also imagine the scene for a student who's spectating the Triwizard Cup, which is really they're just sitting there waiting, and they see or Harry. they're actually standing there. A lot of the time, it shows them in, in the movies and in mm-hmm. the book, it mentions that there's half of them are sitting and half of them are standing. But everyone is standing at this point. Yeah. Um, but like Because they're expecting to see somebody come back out of the maze who's won the tournament. Yeah, but what they see is someone someone teleported, port-keyed. Holding on to somebody else. Yeah. And, and they don't know what's happening. Yeah, and, and they, they see one react and one doesn't. Yes. So there, there's the shouts that Cedric is dead. Well, not yet. It's, it, well, amidst the confusion, shouts that, that Diggory is dead. The ministry for uh, the minister for magic claims that Cedric is only injured so and the, that his father is coming. So the way that it's happening is mm-hmm. in the book, and I'm just going to go straight line by line. Mm-hmm. Cornelius Fudd shows up. He's like, what's happening? What's going on? What's happened? Mm-hmm. And he says, it's... it's um, Cornelius Fudge, who whispers to Dumbledore, my God, Diggory, he's dead. Mm-hmm. And then the words are repeated by the people around them, because obviously other people have come by. And now they're not just whispering it anymore. They're starting to shout it. So it's like, Cornelius Fudge, you're the minister of magic. You're supposed to be able to calm stuff down. Mm-hmm. Why are you instigating? Why did you have to say it that way? You couldn't have just been like, Dumbledore, what, what is going on? Oh, oh my, oh my. And just left it alone. Well. Because they could have pretended he was unconscious. So the like thing is, said. is that, yeah. The thing is, is that everyone is aware that someone can die in the Triwizard Cup because it's happened. The Triwizard Tournament. It's happened in the past. People have died. But there haven't been any casualties yet. And there are teachers you know, like um, holding the perimeter to make sure if anything were to happen, they can respond to help whoever is in danger. Because the maze is filled with magical creatures that will hurt you. Yes. Like the Acromantula will eat you. Yes. The Sphinx, if you fail its riddle... Will kill you. Will kill you. These aren't, like... This isn't something simple. No. So... They have to be there just in case. And yes. they, so, like, they don't expect a casualty, but they also don't expect a sequence of events. Harry just appearing at the edge of the maze, and Cedric is in his clutches dead. Mm-hmm. So, I understand why Cornelius is like, what the hell is happening here? Yeah. Like, he sh- he's, he's, he's shook. And that makes sense. Yeah. So... <sighs> So everyone's now shouting, screeching, and he can hear Fudge, Harry can hear Fudge's voice telling him and trying to pry his fingers off. Harry let go of him, and Harry's like, "Nope, nope, can't do it, can't do it." That was his last wish was and, for Harry to get him back yes. to his dad. And then, and Harry's still out of it. Like everything is fuzzy. He's still in tremendous pain. Remember his leg was injured um, by the acromantula. By the acromantula, and his scar has been on fire—not literally, but darn near. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
Fudge is not someone he trusts per se. Um, but Dumbledore's face gets closer and to Harry, and he says, "Harry, you can't help him now." Oh well, you've done what you can. No, like, it actually says, yeah, "Yeah, Harry, you can't help him now. It's over. Let mm-hmm. go." Yeah, and then Harry mutters, "He wanted me to bring him back." And it says, he wanted me to bring him back, Harry muttered. It seemed important to explain this. He wanted me to bring him back to his parents. That's right, Harry. Just let go now. Oh. Well, the thing is, is like, Dumbledore's probably sure that, that Harry's in shock because that doesn't make sense. Like, how can anyone wish for anything if they're gone? Um... I mean, I'm sure that, you know, magic, right? But They'll, they'll find out soon enough how he knows. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure Harry is going to tell them. Because Harry is that kind of guy, that kind of kid who is not going to hide anything. Mm-hmm. Especially if he's already saying what happened. You know, like, he wanted me to bring him back. Mm-hmm. I, got, I gotta bring him back. Um, but Dumbledore bends down and it says, With extraordinary strength... For a man so old and thin, he's able to pull Harry up off the ground and onto his feet. Yep. Um, And his head is pounding and his injured leg won't support his weight anymore. And the crowd is getting closer and jostling him. And they're all asking what's happening. Like, what happened? What's wrong with him? Diggory's dead. It's like, guys, can you just stop? His parents are in the audience. And I think we had that talk before, actually. Yes. Where it's like, imagine you, like, think your son is going to, like, have glory or whatever. Like, he's going to do something amazing. And then you find out, you don't even see your kid. You hear your kid is dead. Yeah. Like, ima- imagine that feeling. Like, I, I can't. Yeah, and it's... um. Fudge says um, he'll need to go to the hospital wing. He's ill. He's injured. Dumbledore, Diggory's parents, they're here. They're in the stands. Somebody says, I'll take Harry, Dumbledore. I'll take him. And you can tell Dumbledore says, no, I would prefer. And then, of course, Fudge interrupts and says, Dumbledore, Amos Diggory's running. He's coming over. Don't you think we should tell him before he sees and Dumbledore, it's clearly Dumbledore who says, Harry, stay here. Mm. And then there are girls screaming and sobbing hysterically. And this is like flickering in front of Harry because, again, he's in so much pain because of his leg, because of his scar, because and shock because of what's happened, that everything is not registering correctly. And I just want to bring this out up. The girls screaming and sobbing. One of them is Cho, I would imagine. Yes, but, like, her boyfriend is freaking dead. Yeah. Even if they had only been together for a couple of months. Because, let's be real, they have only been together for, like, six months. In teenage years, that's forever. Literally. Yeah. That's, like, they're already married. (laughs) They've already established a future together. Mm -hmm. Like... It's, it's going to happen in both of their minds before he goes into the maze. So to see him come out 
and it not really be him because it's it's just his body it's not the essence of what makes him him that's gone that has to be so scary and sad and overwhelming and just terrible poor Cho yeah yeah um and then we hear it's all right son i've got you come on hospital wing and harry says dumbledore said to stay no but 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 don't like yeah. that, that, that that's basically like it's like he said that but like this kind of sucks bro yeah and and then the the voice who's talking to him says you need to lie down come on now um but wasn't he lying down on the ground so technically he well, was lying down. Dumbledore lifted him. Yes. So he's Dumbledore he's standing he's standing on his his acromantula leg <laughs> with mm-hmm. the with, cut in his arm. Yeah. After having watched uh, have he was also crucioed earlier. So he was like, he was cut. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a little tiny cut. Like it's not like the little pinprick you get for diabetics who are trying to test their blood sugar. Mm-hmm. No, this guy's arm was cut up and squeezed so he would bleed into the cauldron. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sorry to be so graphic, but that's what happened. Yes. On top of him having been attacked by an acromantula, so his leg is all beat up, his arm is now all beat up, his scar is hurting, and then in the middle of that he gets crucioed, and then, <laughs> and then he has to fight arguably one of the most powerful wizards in history. Yeah. Who is not opposed to killing for whatever reasons, just for the lulz. Yes, he he liked the murder. He liked the murder. Yes. That's another one. We need to get a picture. We need to draw it ourselves because, you know, copyright. I can do that. But, like, of Voldemort and just on top of it or under it, say, he liked the murder. Yes. Yes. It's going to happen now. <laughs> it's in the books. It's written. <laughs> so. It has been foretold. But yeah, um, so Moody escorts Harry to his office. Yeah, we find out it's Moody. And the reason he finds out is because he hears the clunk, clunk, clunk on the stairs. Yes. Because he's he's still so out of it that he has no idea who it is Mm -hmm. that's helping him. Which I'm like, didn't you just spend an entire school year listening to him? Like, you couldn't recognize his voice? When I was listening to Jim Dale Mm -hmm. um, read this chapter to me. The legend himself, yes. Yes. At first, I didn't recognize who the voice was either. And I think he did that on purpose. Well, it's because he, he did the voice softer. It sounded indescript to me. And I didn't understand who it was until after you hear the clunk clunk on the stairs. And then he started talking again. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's the moody voice. Isn't that crazy? A little bit, yeah. He's just an artist. He's an artist. Amazing goo. Yes. So, this is when he starts... Oh, man. This is when he's like, I have to tell you what happened. Um, but Moody actually asks him what happened, Harry. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Cup was a port key. Took me and Cedric to a graveyard. And Voldemort was there. Lord Voldemort. Mm-hmm. Clunk, clunk, clunk up the marble stairs. 
The Dark Lord was there? What happened then? So... The only other time we've heard somebody mention the Dark Lord was actually Lucius Malfoy a couple of books ago. Mm-hmm. This this is where I... Okay. I'm just gonna sip this like I'm sipping some tea. Yeah, basically. Okay, so... Um, once inside, Moody questions him about Voldemort's return. Harry remembers that he must tell Dumbledore that a Death Eater at, is at Hogwarts. Okay, so... This is where it's a it's a short chapter, but it's so packed with information that it's easier to read you the chapter. It, it really is than it I'm is gonna, to go over. No, it's good to have a summary, absolutely. It's but, not if you read this one. Oh, it's just it's just you just have to like here. Yeah. Let me let me hold my phone up so you can read it really quick. No, I've read it. Oh no, I've read it. Yeah, no, it's bad. So we're um, just gonna get the book. So. So he's like, um, where was it? Yeah, the Dark Lord was there. What happened then? Killed Cedric. They killed Cedric. And then made a potion. Got his body back. The Dark Lord got his body back. He's returned. And the Death Eaters came. And then we dueled. You dueled with the Dark Lord? Got away. My wand did something funny. And the reason I'm reading it this way and sounds a little stilted is because it's dot dot dot. Like he's That's literally he's just it, yeah. remembering because he's he's so out of it that he can't form full sentences yet. Mm-hmm. Um, got away. My wand did something funny. I saw my mom and dad. They came out of his wand. In here, Harry. In here and sit down. You'll be all right now. Drink this. I just want to say this. Mm. I don't like that. I never did like when I was reading this the first time or the many, many other times that I've read this. I never did like the fact that he was being so pushy with Harry. It made me feel wrong. You know? Yeah. Like, it, it was very uncomfortable to me. Like, he just had a humongously ginormously traumatic experience happen and you're being too forceful with him like something just seems off you know to me did you feel that way yeah um it didn't have the feeling of someone who was looking out for him it it, like it, it felt like so okay so you know how someone uh, is close to you, right? And they're like, hey, like, um, someone close to me passed away. Mm-hmm. Instead of like, oh my god, like, I'm so sorry, are you okay? It's more of, how? It's one of those, like, intrusive questions that isn't necessarily, like... Um, helpful in the situation. Helpful in the situation. It seems more of just, like, kind of... Just off. Yeah. But you don't necessarily ask that from the word go. That's that's rude. It's It's... Yeah. Pushy, you can only ask really you can only ask really if it's like somebody you're tangentially like in, involved with re- yeah. related to I don't I don't connected to that's the correct you, word. You would have basically I, this is like kind of weird to talk about but like you have to like have 
spent an amount of time with that person. Like, if you met that person, you can ask how. Yes. Kind of thing. So, so when I found out about my coworker, my ex coworker passing away, mm-hmm. I was finding out from somebody that I worked with from another ex coworker, mm-hmm. and I said, "Oh my goodness, that's terrible." Do we know what happened? In Which that is, situation, it's okay. You've interacted with that person. You you yes. you know them a bit and en- yes. enough that that is an okay thing. Yeah, it's not me being nosy. It's or kind of a little bit, but okay. it was more of a I need as much information as possible because I'm trying to process this tragedy, and knowing might help, but knowing didn't actually help because. Of various reasons. I'll talk to you about that later. Mm. It was just... Yeah. It's a terrible situation. But anyway... um, Moody helped tip stuff down Harry's throat. He coughed. A peppery taste burning his throat. To me, that sounds like pepper up potion. Yes. Which also makes sense that Moody would give it to him. Considering that Moody is asking him these questions so he's trying to get more information so if he pep it gives him some pepper or potion then harry might actually be able to give complete sentences yeah yeah um so so he looks at moody and he says that moody is as white as fudge had looked and both eyes were fixed unblinkingly upon harry's face <coughs> Voldemort's back, Harry? You sure he's back? How did he do it? He took stuff from his father's grave and from Wormtail and me, said Harry. Uh, His head felt clearer. His scar wasn't hurting so badly. He could now see Moody's face distinctly, even though the office was dark. He could still hear screaming and shouting from a distant Quidditch field. How did the Dark Lord take... uh, Uh, What did the Dark Dark Lord... Words are hard. You know what? what? I'm, I'm blaming it on the monster. Yeah, a little bit. What did the Dark Lord take from you? Said Moody. Blood, said Harry, raising his arm. His sleeve was ripped where Wormtail's dagger had torn it. Moody let out his breath in a long, low hiss. And the Death Eaters, they returned? Yes, said Harry. Loads of them. How did he treat them? Moody asked quietly. Did he forgive them? Go And that's when Harry suddenly remembers that he has to tell Dumbledore. Like we said earlier, there's a Death Eater at Hogwarts. There's a Death Eater here. They put my name in the Goblet of Fire. They made sure I got through to the end. Mm -hmm. And again, this is when my my spidey senses have always tingled. Because Harry tries to get up and Moody pushes him back down. No, my spidey spidey senses tingled when he was like, how did he treat them? Why does that, that matter? Too. Right? It's like, why are we talking about the Dark Lord? The First of all, why are we calling him the Dark Lord? Mm-hmm. Second of all, why are we talking about him? Third of all, um, I'm bleeding from my arm. Can you maybe, I don't know, do something to stop that? Yeah. Like, this just, this just felt all kinds of wrong the first time I was reading it. And it still feels all kinds of wrong. As a kid, I remember thinking, like, why isn't he helping him? Yeah. Like, what the heck? So, he says, Moody says, quietly, I I know who the Death Eater is. And Harry's like, Karkaroff? 
Because obviously, all he thinks of is Snape used to be a Death Eater, but switched sides. And Karkaroff was a Death Eater who was in Azkaban and paroled on good behavior for giving inside information. Basically. So he's got to think, okay, so I'm not going to say Snape is the Death Eater because he switched sides Mm -hmm. from the memory I saw in the Pensieve. But the only other Death Eater I know... Who's been acting weird. Who's been acting weird um, is Karkaroff. So it's Karkaroff. Yeah. And Moody laughs and is like, Karkaroff? Karkaroff fled tonight when he felt the dark mark burn upon his arm. He betrayed too many faithful supporters of the Dark Lord to wish to meet them. But I doubt he will get far. The Dark Lord has ways of tracking his enemies. Okay. Gross feeling. Gross feeling. Interesting, though, that the Dark Mark is GPS, though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look at that. I'm telling you, Voldemort was ahead of his time. Yeah, he's basically he's basically evil Google. Or Google, I mean. <laughs> as far I don't know. Google. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> I mean, Google tracks everything. Lizard baby Voldemort. Anyway. Um, <sighs> okay. So, so, hold on. Uh, uh, Karkaroff's gone. He ran away. But then, he didn't put my name in the goblet? No, no, he didn't. It was I who did that. Bum, bum, bum. No, you I didn't. I added the bum bum bum. Sorry. Yeah, it's not. It's not in there. It's, I, it's I not it. in the book. No, um, no, you didn't. You didn't do that. You can't have done. Harry just can't believe it because yeah. this is the guy who's been teaching him how to handle the dark arts this year. Like helped him get out of a crucio, um, helped him get out from under an imperious curse, like. Always stressing constant vigilance, helped him out with Malfoy when Malfoy tried to hex him behind his back and turned him into a ferret. <laughs> Little ferret. Um, but this is the guy, like, helped him get away from Snape when he dropped his egg down the stairs. It, this is the guy who's been looking out for him. Yeah. Basically. Like, he can't believe that Moody would have done that. And he's like, I assure you, I did. Mm-hmm. Dang, Moody, dang. And Moody draws his wand and points it at Harry. Like, this is not, this is not cool. Mm-hmm. He forgave them then. The Death Eaters who went free. The ones who escaped Azkaban. And Harry thinks this is a bad joke. I mean, it kind of, it makes sense that he thinks that because, like, Dude, what the hell? And then Moody says quietly, I asked you whether he forgave the scum who never went back to look for him. Those treacherous cowards who wouldn't even brave Azkaban for him. The faithless, worthless bits of filth who were brave enough to cavort in masks at the Quidditch World Cup but fled at the sight of the dark mark when I fired it into the sky. You fired? What are you talking about? I told you, Harry. I told you. If there's one thing I hate more than any other, 
It's a Death Eater who walked free. They turned their backs on my master when he needed them most. I expected him to punish them. I expected him to torture them, which he did. He did Crucio. Uh, who was it? McNab? McNair? Why are you calling him McNab? I don't know. Why is that in your head? Oh, I know why. Because mm-hmm. I recently watched all of Psych. Okay. And there's a McNab. All Sorry. Right. It's, my brain does that. Yeah, it's a little goofy. Yes. Um, yeah, he did Crucio McNair. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. Um... Well, he crucioed someone. I'm not sure if it was McNair or not. Oh, was it? No. It might have. It, it, I think it, it might have been. No, just... McNair was the the. No, no, no. He was the one with the with the magical creatures. creatures. He wasn't. He wasn't tortured. It was Avery or Rookwood or no. something. Because Avery might be dead. We have to go back and check. We'll, we'll do that later. It doesn't matter. Someone was tortured, so that did happen. That is a fact. Now I need to find out. I'll find out before this episode is over. Okay. I'll so keep he did torture well. somebody. Yes. Um, and um, what was it? Um, I expected him to punish them. I expected him to torture them. Tell me he hurt them, Harry. Tell me he told them that I, I alone remained faithful, prepared to risk everything to deliver to him the one thing he wanted above all. You. You didn't. It, it can't be you. Who put your name in the Goblet of Fire under the name of a different school? I did. Dude, I love this part. It's so sinister. Who frightened off every person I thought might try to hurt you or prevent you from winning the tournament? I did. Who nudged Hagrid into showing you the dragons? I did. Who helped you see the only way you could beat the dragon? I did. I'll do the next part. Okay. Uh, okay. And Moody's eye, he, you know, we know he has a magical eye. Mm-hmm. And up until this point, it had been peering out the back of his head um, at the door. And at this point, he swivels it around and fixes it on Harry. And it's like, that's ah, creepy. I just want to point that out. Like, he's not looking at the door anymore. Why did he have his eye on the door? You know why? Because he's up to no good. Because he no want people to come in. Mm-hmm. Anyway. It hasn't been easy, Harry, guiding you through these tasks without arousing suspicion. I have had to use every ounce of cunning I possess so that my hand would not be detectable in your success. Dumbledore would have been very suspicious if you had managed everything too easily. As long as you got into that maze, preferably with a decent he- a decent head start, then I knew I would have had a chance of getting rid of the other champions and leaving your way clear. But I also had to contend with your stupidity. The second task, that was when I was most afraid we would fail. I was keeping watch on you, Potter. I knew you hadn't worked out the egg's clue, so I had to give you another hint. You didn't. Harry said hoarsely, Cedric gave me the clue. Who told Cedric to open it underwater? I did. I trusted that he would pass the information on to you. Decent people are so easy to manipulate, Potter. That made me so mad. He's right, though, because Cedric is a good person. Harry's a good person. He's not... Cedric isn't gonna let Harry 
not be on the level playing field that Harry established in the first task. So, this is thank you. You're welcome. Conscious thinking, like 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 very very smart thinking, but for an evil person. You know what bothers me? It's that the evil person has figured out how not evil people think. Yeah. And good people, not because, evil people, because he have trouble that. figuring out how evil people think. What if he was that person while he was at Hogwarts when he was so intelligent and his parents were so like, oh my god, he's so amazing kind of thing. And then when he left Hogwarts, he met Death Eaters and, were, and was just like... Well, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Yes, we are. So we're just going to go back to what we were reading. Mm-hmm. Um, but I If hate you that. couldn't tell, there was a spoiler and a cut and a delete. We're not going to talk about it. Okay. Because what happens in the editing room stays in the editing room. True. And by editing room, I mean the same place where we record the podcast. Anyway. Listen, multi-purpose so, room. <laughs> the multi-purpose room. The come and go room. room. Like, oh, 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 I see what you did the there. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so let's see. I wish Sir Cedric would want to repay you for telling him about the dragons. And so he did. But even then, Potter, even then you seemed likely to fail. I was watching all the time, all those hours in the library. Didn't you realize that the book you needed was in your dormitory all along? I planted it there early on. I gave it to the Longbottom boy. Don't you remember? Magical water plants of the Mediterranean. It would have told you all you needed to know about gillyweed. I expected you to ask everyone and anyone who could for help. Longbottom would have told you in an instant, but you did not. You did not. You have a streak of pride and independence that might have ruined all. So I think it's really interesting to say here Mm -hmm. that, of course, Harry wasn't going to ask everyone. He was told that the rules of the game were you're supposed to figure it out on your own. Obviously, he's going to ask Ron and Hermione. Those are his besties. They have been from day one. So he doesn't feel bad about asking them. And he didn't ask Hagrid for help. Hagrid just helped him. So in his head, he's like, I'm not breaking any rules. I'm not being, I don't have an unfair advantage. I don't want to have an unfair advantage. I just don't want to die. You know? True. So it makes sense to me death that is bad. death is bad. Um, in, in this sense, mm-hmm. it isn't inherently bad. It's just a different state of being uh, or non-being, whatever. But it's just like, yeah, he's he's stubborn and independent. He was trying to follow the rules. And I'm not going to read the, the rest of, of this. Well, mostly because he still yeah. had Ron and Hermione help him. But. So, yeah. So we're not going to read like every single bit of this. Mm-hmm. But we are going to say he fed the information so to... So at the Yule Ball, Harry mentioned Dobby. Yes. And then he remembered it, so he called Dobby to a staff room while talking to McGonagall loudly about if he thought that Harry would use gillyweed. Dobby broke into Snape's office and took the gillyweed. Yes, and gave it to him. Yeah. And then he thought that... Harry drowned. Harry drowned. Dumbledore took Harry's idiocy as nobility and marked him high for it. Which, again, I feel like Moody is, is unfairly unfairly calling it Harry an idiot mm-hmm. because in the Again. in the situation mm-hmm. 
in the in the heat of the situation, the middle of it, you don't know that nothing's going to happen to them. You just are working on pure adrenaline, and in your head you think, I have to save people. Yeah. I have to help them. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is helping them. I have to help them. So, yes, it was nobility. Yes. Um, and then he said, you know, you had an easier time than you should have in the maze tonight. And we he already mentioned that. We find out that he was patrolling and that he was going the edge of the maze. And he was patrolling the edge of the maze to make sure that he, he could, could curse. Yes. Obstacles out of Harry's way while also stunning floor, imperious in Crumb so that Crumb could get rid of Cedric. Cedric. But obviously that didn't work because Harry realized that something was happening and helped Cedric and then they got together and they touched the, the cup together at the same time and they ended up in the cemetery. Yeah. And then murder happened. And then murder happened. Murder and um... Crucio in torture. Murder and torture. And rebirth and bad things. Yes. Voldemort's speciality. Murder and torture. And torture and murder. Okay. I, I don't know why. So, again, Moody's wand is still pointing directly at Harry. And over his shoulder, Harry can see that there's foggy shapes moving in the faux glass on the wall. I want to point this out because, again, last time we saw the faux glass, uh, Moody told us that it was to show him when your enemies are getting closer. And obviously, from what we've learned about Moody up until this point, we know that Moody tends to be kind of a conspiracy theorist and he believes that everybody is out to get him. But he believes that because he's an auror who dealt with dark wizards all the time. So, unfortunately... Most of the time, it was true. That's why he's got the the peg leg mm-hmm. and the messed up nose and the magical eye because people actually did things to him. Yeah. Yeah. So, pointing that out. Um... Um, the Dark Lord didn't manage to kill you, Potter, and he so wanted to. Imagine how he will reward me when he finds I have done it for him. I gave you to him the thing he needed above all to regenerate, and then I killed you for him. I will be honored, uh, yeah, I will be honored beyond all other Death Eaters. I will be his dearest, his closest supporter, closer than a son. So, I just want to also point out that, where was it that he said this? Harry is just transfixed. He doesn't understand that how this could be Moody. He didn't see how it could be because Moody is Dumbledore's friend and a famous R. Like, he's a famous dark wizard catcher. He's a famous magical policeman, essentially. So, or magical detective? Well, it's someone someone who is, like, supposed to be very good. Yes. Basically, and then to find that the person who's supposed to be very good is a supporter of the person who was the absolute opposite. Yeah, is like, like he caught so many Death Eaters, and basically he's telling you now that he is one. Mm-hmm. It makes like, no sense. It goes against what Harry knows yes. of Moody. And then we find this out, and this I have to read. Mm-hmm. He's like, the Dark Lord and I have much in common. 
Both of us, for instance, had very disappointing fathers. Very disappointing indeed. Both of us suffered the indignity, Harry, of being named after those fathers. And both of us had the pleasure, the very great pleasure, of killing our fathers to ensure the continued rise of the Dark Order. You're mad, Harry said. He couldn't stop himself. You're mad. Mad, am I? We'll see. We'll see who's mad now that the Dark Lord has returned with me at his side. He is back, Harry Potter. You did not conquer him. And now I conquer you. Hearing you say it and not Jim Dale makes me very sad. Hey, listen. Okay? It's fine. You tried I'm not Jim Dale, but I read it. And I read it with the right inflection At because the of the, the thing. At the beginning. Everything. Mm. You get it. Anyway. So, he's a, Moody seems like he's about to off <coughs> Harry. Let's be real. Moody raised his wand. He opened his mouth. Harry plunged his own hand into his robes. Stupid! There was a blinding flash of red light, and with a great splintering and crashing, the door of Moody's office was blasted apart. So this is what happens. Since he stopped looking at the door, he missed... Because he focused totally on Harry. Because he was caught up in the story of everything that was happening, and had happened. Yes. He missed it. And Harry saw it because he was watching the faux glass. But literally, here we have Dumbledore, Snape... And McGonagall. Not only looking back at him from the faux glass, but standing in the doorway. And this is when Harry is like, dang, I'm watching Dumbledore now, and I can see why people would say that he was the only wizard that Voldemort was ever scared of, because he looks hella imposing right now. True. Um, and... McGonagall tries to get Harry out of the room and, and to the hospital wing, and Dumble just sharply says no. And McGonagall's like, he's had enough tonight. And Please. no, he needs to stay because he has to understand. Understanding at all. Oh, this hit me, especially with, you know, things that we've gone with that have gone on in, in our life. Yeah. He says Understanding is the first step to acceptance, and only with acceptance can there be recovery. He needs to know who has put him through the ordeal he has suffered tonight and why. And again, like like I mentioned, with my friend with my ex coworker having passed away, I had to understand how it happened mm. to help accept that it happened. Yes. Like just throwing in real world examples mm -hmm. to help with contextual understanding yes. of what happened. Well, the big thing for Harry in this situation is asking Dumbledore, like, how, how could it have been Moody? Yeah, and he does. And Dumbledore's like, that's not Moody. That's, that's not Moody, no. You've never known him. The real Moody would never have removed you from my sight after what happened today. The moment he took you, I knew... And I followed. And it's like, the moment? Mm, it took you a little bit. So I'm going to say it was the moment he realized that Harry wasn't there. Because they were still dealing with the Cedric of it all. 
And the moment he realized that Harry wasn't there anymore, he had to round up the cavalry, aka Snape and McGonagall. And I love that they're the cavalry. Mm-hmm. That's, you know? That's great. Um, so Dumbledore is bent over Moody's limp form, and he's like, hey, Severus, go get the strongest truth potion you possess, and then bring up, then go down to the kitchens and bring up the house elf named Winky, and Minerva, I love that he calls her Minerva, mm-hmm. uh, kindly go down to Hagrid's house, where you will find a large black dog sitting in the pumpkin patch take the dog up to my office tell him i will be with him shortly then come back here and i'm like mcgonagall didn't ask why listen sometimes you just gotta talk to a dog you know like (laughs) yeah but but, no there's no buts they gotta talk to a dog sometimes you just gotta talk to a dog there you go there's this youtuber that i watch every once in a while and she always ends her videos with and go pet a dog Yes, that's what you do. Yeah. So now we might need to end some of these podcasts with, and go talk to a dog. Yeah. Life is, get, life is getting you down. Yeah. Go find a dog. Or a cat. Or a cat. Or a ferret. Maybe an otter. Who knows? Who knows? We're not done yet. Anyway. I was going to leave that one alone. Yeah, so basically the whole sequence is... We need to get everything in order to find out who this person is. Yeah. Uh, they check the trunk, and the trunk has weak and unconscious Moody, the real one. Yes. And it's one of these cool trunks where it's literally... It's almost like a Russian doll of trunks. Yes. Yes. He gets the first lock, he opens it, and it's spell books. He closes it again, plus clicks the second key in the second lock... And then there's more. The spell books are gone, but there's broken sneakoscopes mm-hmm. and parchment and quills, and what looks like an invisibility cloak. And then he does it with the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth keys. And each time there's different stuff. And when he does the seventh key, that's where they find a sleepy, half-starved Moody, the real Moody. His wooden leg gone. Um, the socket that held the magical eye is empty. It looks empty under the lid. And chunks of his hair missing. Because Polyjuice Potion. Yep. Polyjuice Potion. And um, so he's like, oh, stunned. And it looks like he's been controlled by the Imperious Curse. And mm. he's very weak. Of course. Of course he had to keep him alive. My question is, and we've talked about this in in earlier podcasts, because mm-hmm. I remember this. We talked about how can you use Polyjuice Potion using, like, the fingernail or the hair of somebody who has passed away. Apparently, this suggests no, because he said we have to keep him alive. I think, I think that's correct. Yes. There has to be... I don't know. There's always... Potion making is an art unto itself because you need like magical ingredients that have to be stirred a certain direction at a certain time of the month um, for a certain duration and then uh, all, all the ridiculous stuff on heat, off heat, uh, everything, right? But like, it feels like there's more 
like subtle magic behind potion making. Yeah. Where like Polyjuice Potion, great, but the person still has to be alive and like why? Maybe so you can capture their actual essence or something, and like the the hair or the nail is like the medium. Yeah. Like that it's really interesting. I wish there was there's so much about Harry Potter that just isn't like expanded upon. Yeah. And it's like such a shame. Yes. Agreed. But anyway. Yes. Um, and that's when he grabs the and this is when we find out that it is actually Polyjuice Potion. He grabs the flask that Moody was carry around with him all mm-hmm. the time. And a thick glutinous liquid splattered on the office floor and he's like, Ah, it's Polyjuice Potion. And then and then Dumbledore goes on to explain how genius it is because like Moody, Moody never drinks anything. Yeah, isn't known to drink anything besides what's in his flask. And no one would think twice about it. Mm-hmm. So And then he points out how the the hair is uneven and how he's been cutting it the entire year, but in his um, fit of excitement, he forgot to take he forgot it. to take it tonight, so it should be wearing off soon. Because you have to take it every hour on the hour. Mm-hmm. Um, he pulled the chair at the desk and sat down. His eyes fixed on the unconscious Moody, and then before Harry's very eyes, the face of the man on the floor that he's known this entire year as Moody starts to change. Oh, the face became smooth, the wrinkles disappeared, the, the, the skin itself became smoother and younger looking, the nose became, the mangled nose became whole and smaller, and then what was left is a pale skin, slightly freckled, um, youth with, uh, a fair, a hair of fair, uh, mop hair. A mop of fair hair. There you go, the words and are hard for me. Harry recognizes it immediately from someone he saw in Dumbledore's Pensieve. Who is it? The man that was taken away by the Dementors, who was pleading with Mr. Crouch for his innocence, and then in comes Snape, and immediately, Crouch! Barty Crouch. Junior. Which is why, in the beginning of this book, when you always emphasize Barty Crouch Senior, I'm like, stop. I know, I couldn't help it, though. That was my my subtle spoiler every time. But, like, nobody said anything because it just was what it was so um good heavens (laughs) oh professor mcgonagall who walks in on this Mm -hmm. and wait a second and then comes i just want to i just want to say earlier he told us that him and voldemort both had the pleasure of killing their fathers i just want to remind you of that because now that has been what's been going on in my mind mm-hmm. since that moment. Okay, mm-hmm. anyway. And in from uh, behind Snape's legs comes Winky. Master Barty, Master Barty, what is you doing here? You killed him. He, he you was killed him. him. He was killed, Master Son. He's simply stunned, Winky. Step aside, please, Severus. Have, you have the potion? Mm-hmm. So, yes... He gives him, um... He gives him the potion and revives him with Enervate, which is, again, another spell that we just learned. Renervate. It's Enervate. No, it says Renervate. What? Mine says Enervate. There's an R. 
Not in mine. Let I me see. Quick. It is renovate. Why does mine have the R missing? I don't know. It does say renovate. Yes, but look. And I looked it up. I, I, I just did too, which is why I confirmed. Okay. So. Ooh. I don't know. My copy says renovate. See? That's weird. Yeah, mine says renovate. Weird. So, renovate with yes. an R at the beginning? Yes. Um. Can you hear me? Dumbledore asks quietly. Yes. And the man's eyes flutter, and he says yes. So I would like you to tell us how you came to be here. How did you escape from Azkaban? My mother saved me. She knew she was dying. She persuaded my father to rescue me as a last favor to her. He loved her as he had never loved me. He agreed. They came to visit me. They gave me a draft of Polyjuice Potion containing one of my mother's hairs. She took a draft of Polyjuice Potion containing one of my hairs. We took each other's appearance. <sighs> say no more, Master Barty, say no more. You was getting your father in trouble. <clears throat> the Dementors are blind. They sensed one healthy, one dying person leaving Azkaban. Um, they entering, one, yes, entering they, Azkaban. They sensed one healthy, one dying person leaving it. My father smuggled me out, disguised as my mother, in case any prisoners were watching through their doors. My mother died a short while afterward in Azkaban. She was careful to drink Polyjuice Potion until the end. She was buried under my name and bearing my appearance. Everyone believed her to be me. So then we find out what did your father do with you when he got you home? They staged the mother's death, um, quiet funeral, grave is empty, and the house elf, Winky, uh, nursed him back to health. But he and had then to he be was concealed. concealed and controlled. Yes. Um, so, of course, we find out that he was concealed and controlled by the Imperious Curse. And that's when... Crouch Jr. tells us, I was under my father's control. I was forced to wear an invisibility cloak day and night. I was always with the house elf. She was my keeper and caretaker. She pitied me. She persuaded my father to give me occasional treats, rewards for my good behavior. Master Barty, Master Barty, sobbed Winky through her hands. You isn't ought to tell them we is getting in trouble. And this is when we find out Bertha Jorkins' place in all this. Yes, yeah, so Dumbledore asks him if anyone knew that he was home. Or still alive. Yeah. Other than the father and the house elf. Yeah, did anyone ever discover that you were still alive? Did anyone know except your father and the house elf? And yes. A witch in a my father's witch. office. Yeah. Bertha Jorkins. She came to the house with papers for my father's signature. He was not at home. Winky showed her inside and returned to the kitchen, to me. But Bertha Jorkins heard Winky talking to me. 
She came to investigate. She heard enough to guess who was hiding under the invisibility cloak. My father arrived home. She confronted him. He put a very powerful memory charm on her to make her forget what she'd found out. Too powerful. He said it damaged her memory permanently. And Winky still trying to to i don't know honor her old master he says why is she coming to know us in my master's private private business why is she leaving us be why isn't she leaving us be and dumbledore says tell me about the quidditch world cup winky talked my father into it she spent months persuading him i had not left the house for years i had loved quidditch let him go she said he will be in his invisibility cloak he can watch let him smell fresh air for once. She said my mother would have wanted it. She told my father that my mother had died to give me freedom. She had not saved me for a life of imprisonment. He agreed in the end. That's low, Winky. Don't use his mom. But Listen, it was smart. Winky is kind of a genius. Winky's and the MVP. Very manipulative yes. This one, to be honest. Yes. Um. So it was planned. It was carefully planned. My father led me and Winky up to the top box early in the day. Winky was to say that she was saving a seat for my father. I was to sit there, invisible. When everyone had left the box, we would emerge. Winky would appear to be alone. Nobody would ever know. But this is where things get a little bit twisted. Winky didn't know that he had been growing stronger and fighting off the Imperius curse. So he was actually able to break free of the control in the top box um and he had not been allowed a wand since before azkaban so he stole it out of a boy's pocket out of which boy Harry, which boy's pocket harry potter's pocket mm -hmm. he stole it winky didn't know winky was frightened of heights so she had her face hidden perfect perfect you know opportunity for him mm-hmm and Master, Master Bertie, you bad boy. And she's crying. So you took the wand to Dumbledore, and what did you do with it? So basically, since there were there was that issue with the Death Eaters um, taking the groundskeeper and his family and patrolling and whatever, he took that opportunity to come out and display the dark mark in the sky. Well, it's the fact that Again, he remember he, he hates he hates yeah. Death Eaters who don't suffer for Dumble for Dumbledore for Voldemort. Uh, a Dumble trying... a Death Eater that got away. Yeah, basically. So he got angry. Yeah. And he slipped free of of the Imperious Curse's control once again. In anger. Yes. And Winky bound herself to him with her magic and tried to drag him away. Yeah. Um. So. Winky was discovered, so Barty Crouch Sr. knew he had to be close by. He searched them and found them lying there. And he waited until the other ministry members had left the forest to put him back under the Imperious Curse and take him home. And that was when he dismissed Winky from being his house elf because she had failed him, she had let him acquire a wand, and she had almost let him escape. And Winky is wailing in despair at this point. Mm -hmm. And then it was just him and his father alone in the house. And, and then, then my master came for me. Ugh, I hate that. Mm -hmm. He arrived at our house late one night, armed 
in the arms of his servant Wormtail. My master had found out that I was still alive. He had captured Bertha Jorkins in Albania. He had tortured her. She told him a great deal. She told him about the Triwizard Tournament. She told him the old Aura Moody was going to teach at Hogwarts. He tortured her until he broke through the memory charm my father had placed upon her. She told him I had escaped from Azkaban. She told him my father kept me in prison to prevent me from seeking my master. And so my master knew that I was still his faithful servant, perhaps the most faithful of all. Even then he's boasting about being the most faithful servant. Anyway, my master conceived a plan based upon the information, information Bertha had given him. He needed me. He arrived at our house near midnight. My father answered the door. And it was very quick. My father was placed under the imperious curse by my master, and now my father was the one in prison, controlled. My master forced him to go about his business as usual, to act as though nothing was wrong. And I was released. I awoke. I was myself again, alive as I hadn't been in years. And then Dumbledore is like, what did Voldemort ask you to do? Basically everything he did. Yeah. Turn the, the cup into a port. Well, be, number one... Go to Hogwarts. Make Watch sure, over Harry. Make sure Harry was entered as a champion in Triwizard Cup in the tournament. Help him Guide out when him. needed. Guide him. Make sure that he got to the end. Turn the cup into a port key. Use the port get key him to there. get him there. Yes. Yeah. And he's like... But, but first, first he needed Alistair Moody, which yes. is the disturbance that we had in the beginning where he, you know... Uh, charmed a bunch of dustbins and they attacked police or whatever. And, and it was Wormtail and Barty Crouch Jr. who had prepared Polyjuice Potion beforehand, went to his house, the whole commotion with the dustbins, mm-hmm. forced him into the compartment of his own magical trunk, took some of his air, hair, added it to the potion, and he became Moody. Fake Moody. Yes. And that was how he became the potions master. And I said, what became of Wormtail after you attacked Moody? Wormtail returned to care for my master in my father's house and to keep watch over my father. But your father escaped. And that was when we saw Barty Crouch Sr. in the the Forbidden Forest. (sighs) Yeah, it was no longer... After a while... (sighs) It was no longer safe to let... um... Barty Crouch Sr. leave the house. So he just started to write the letters that yes. were mentioned that Percy was receiving uh, instructions from. Yes. Um, and then... That's when his father escaped one night because Wormtail neglected his duty. That was Barty Crouch Jr.'s words. Yeah. Um, and he was going to go tell Dumbledore everything to confess. He was going to admit that he had smuggled me from Azkaban. So... Voldemort sent word that Barty Crouch Sr. escaped and told him to stop him at all costs. So he waited and watched, and he had used the map that Harry Potter had. You map. know, that's what he says. It says map. What map is this? Potter's map of Hogwarts. Potter saw me on it. Potter saw me stealing more ingredients for the Polyjuice Potion from Snape's office one night. He thought I was my father. We have the f- uh, same first name. I took the map from Potter that night. I told him my father hated dark wizards. Potter believed my father was after Snape. For a week, I waited for my father to arrive at Hogwarts. At last, one evening, the map showed my father entering the grounds. I pulled on my invisibility cloak and went down to meet him. 
He was walking around the edge of the forest. Then Potter came, and Crumb. I waited. I could not hurt Potter. My master needed him. <coughs> Potter ah. ran to Dumbledore. I stunned, I stunned Crumb. Crumb. I killed my father. No! Wailed Winky. Master Barty! Master <coughs> Barty! What are you saying? What is you saying? Yes. Say it. Sorry. It right. What is you saying? There. You killed your father, Dumbledore said in, a, in the same soft voice. What did you do with the body? He carried it into the forest, covered in the invisibility cloak, um, made sure he used the map so nobody could detect him, and buried him. Well, it's he saw Harry go up to the castle, Dumbledore Snape, Dumbledore followed Harry down. Um, you know, he doubled around behind them to meet up with them as if, like, you know, he was aware of the disturbance. He transfigured his father's body into a bone and buried it in the freshly dug earth in front of Hagrid's cabin this is so morbid yeah this is when the the series entirely takes like a whole new twist and element to it yeah and we're gonna just read the last couple lines because it's the end of the chapter and there was complete silence now except for Winky's continued sobs then Dumbledore said and tonight, I offered to carry the Triwizard Cup into the maze before dinner, whispered Barty Crouch Jr. I'm adding the junior. Turned it into a port key. Well, the senior's dead. You don't have to mention him anymore, so you're good. Well, technically, he's still a junior. Yeah, but still. Turned it into a port key. My master's plan worked. He has returned to power, and I will be honored by him beyond the dreams of wizards. The insane smile lit his features once more and his head drooped onto his shoulder as Winky wailed and sobbed at his side. Dang. Just like, like this is another long episode, but mm-hmm. only because there was so much packed into the chapter. True. So much. So Barty Crouch Sr., not as terrible as we thought he was, but still terrible. Uh-huh. Um... Helped an uh, com- not a convicted. Well, yes, convicted, a convicted criminal <coughs> escape from prison. Left his wife in the prison to die. Kept his son imprisoned in his house. Mm-hmm. Lied to everyone. Because he's a government official, a high-standing government official, mm-hmm. lied to everyone, concealed the truth from everyone, performed such a powerful memory charm on someone that once it was removed, she was essentially a vegetable. Yeah. And basically tried to insinuate that Harry Potter had been the one to throw the dark mark the the into the sky even though he knew that since his house elf was there that it was probably his son it's he's already caught yeah he, he's already so deep in the lies 
that he has to con- he, he has to Harry continue Potter the lies, yeah. yeah. But that's insane to me. Yeah. Like truly insane that he would continue to do that. And then once he's himself imperialist and realizes, oh, this is terrible, and finally breaks free from it, wants to come completely clean, but it's too late. His son is is gone, is beyond redemption, and is in league with the most powerful dark wizard ever, and dies because of it. Yeah. And dies at the hand of his son, who he saved. Yeah. Because it was, like, too little, too late. Is there any way it could have... Uh, any other way it could have gone, though? Like... Oh, no. He had, It had been too many years where he neglected his son to where his son no longer felt any kind of anything for him. Mm-hmm. Except fury. Except rage. Like... I would imagine when you're mistreated by someone, well, perfect, perfect example, Harry mm. himself, mistreated by the Dursleys. <gasps> Excuse me, I have hiccups. You are excused for now. So Harry, mistreated by the Dursleys, instead of being mean or rude or, I don't know, evil, actually is more compassionate and wants to help people but that was only after 10 years of being mistreated and then he has a balancing a balance of of in his life essentially with first the weasleys loving on him Mm -hmm. and his godfather caring about him you know so he has people in his life enough people in his life who treat him well and care about him that the mistreatment, the abuse at the hands of the Dursleys is not so bad for him. It doesn't irreparably damage him. But Barty Crouch Sr. only had his mom. Yeah. And his dad was a big enough person in there that he felt like, in his world, that he felt like he didn't have enough. And then his mom died. And I'm sure he contributed his mom getting sick and dying to his dad being evil. Yeah. Uh, my my mother died of heartbreak because my father... Sentenced me to jail. For, for life. Yeah. So it's like... It stands to reason. Yeah. So I don't think that there was anything that could have been done to change the outcome of that. No. Barty Crouch Sr. set up the perfect storm to basically invite Barty Crouch Jr. to kill him. Yeah. Yeah, no. Dang. I'm just saying, like, we need to... You reap what you sow. Yes, we need to be careful with the way that we treat other people because I know that this is an extreme example, but, like, is it really? If you continually make people feel bad, if you continually hurt people, what stops them from coming back and hurting you? Like, I, I mean, 
real world examples. One of the things we always hear about school shooters, they were loners. They, they were, were bullied. bullied. They were made to feel less than their entire lives. And this isn't to say that. And they snap. And it isn't to like justify. Oh no! That kind by of no thing. means. It's just that. That's I think what people don't understand is like when you give, um, when you, when you try to understand, it's almost like you're giving an excuse for like the action. It's like it's not what it is at all. It's trying to understand how someone could come to that point, and just because it makes just because it makes sense, doesn't mean that it's okay. Right. Right. So I watch a YouTuber. who does sorry about that guys I need to drink something soon who does um, murder mystery makeup Mondays Bailey Sarian just in case everybody wants to watch her and she says that all the time she's like I try to understand these murderers essentially like what created them what happened in their lives that got them to this point and she always says whenever she talks about these things she's like listen I'm not condoning their actions But there seems to be a pattern in these things. And maybe if we understand it, we can stop the next one from happening. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, and all of them, I swear, I swear to you, all of the big ones she talks about all have similar stories. They grew up not being cared for enough. They grew up not being treated well enough. They grew up where there were warning flags that nobody paid attention to and then they grew up to be like Charles Manson yeah so it's sad yes it's sad because it's part of what was cut out I think of before about the because I yes. spoiled where it's like he's such a smart student he was such a good student that he was like the pride of his parents. And I mean, he comes from, even if we're not talking about his parents, like their view of him, mm-hmm. the outside world's view of him was he comes from a really great family. Heck, his dad is on track to being the next minister of magic. He's got all of the advantages in the world outside, like mm-hmm. from the outside perspective. But on the inside, he's lonely. His own dad doesn't seem to care about him. Well, the only thing that his dad cares about is making the world a better place. But it's really just a self-serving thing. Making a name for himself. Yeah. Yeah. So. And like you said earlier, that did not make it into the podcast earlier because it was a spoiler. Because we were going to get to it. What's to say that once he left and the Death Eaters were like, hey, we totally understand you. You're awesome and wonderful. And you know what? Good people are suckers. They'll do whatever we want them to do. The only thing that's important is power. Mm -hmm. And his mind was like, blown. That makes perfect sense. Let me be bad. Like finally rewarded for my outstandingness. Yeah. And it's not... And I say bad, but people who don't do the right thing, people who are only looking for power, don't think about right or wrong. They don't think about good or bad. They don't frame it that way. Will this give them power? Will this not give them power? That's what they think, I would assume. I don't know. 
But if he's powerful, if he's got all of this ability and he can be powerful, why not? Yep. His dad's searching for power in his own way. Maybe he was trying to be like his dad. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Maybe in his own way maybe he was in, trying to be like even, his dad. Maybe inadvertently as well. Without even realizing it. He was like, you know what? I'm going to be powerful too. I'm going to be even more powerful than my dad. I'm going to make him proud of me. Mm. And then his dad is the one who strips him of everything and denies him. Separates a, him from his friends. Separates him from the only people other than outside of his mom who support him mm-hmm. and believe in him. And then denies his existence as his child. Disowns him. You know and what? throws him in jail for life. Listen. Murder is bad. Murder is bad. That's all I'm going to say. Murder is bad, but I don't think there is any other outcome possible. Yeah. And it goes back to Sirius saying, if you want to know the kind of person a man is, don't pay attention to the way he acts with his equals. Pay attention to the way he acts with his subordinates. Mm-hmm. Well, the by way the way, speaking of Winky, Sirius, Sirius was brought up in this chapter. We didn't mention as it, the black dog, the black dog just chilling out in Hagrid's pumpkin patch, mm-hmm. who's brought up in the castle now. And sometimes you just have to talk to dogs. Again, um, the thing that we need to really focus on, though, is that uh, the consequence of Voldemort coming back now because it's it's like a it's like a big deal. It's a super big deal. Up until this point, Voldemort has had. An influence on the magical world. He's never really been back all by himself. Okay, first year he was on the back of Quirrell's head, but he didn't have his own body. He couldn't control things all by himself. He couldn't wreak havoc. He was, you know, just there trying to influence things, but not really, you know? Yeah. Uh, second year, he almost came back. But Harry was able to stop him. And even with him almost coming back, he still wreaked havoc in Hogwarts and instilled fear in Hogwarts. But they were able to stop it. So now we're seeing that the little bits when he's able to come back or start coming back, like it has far reaching repercussions, Mm -hmm. you know? And third year, he was kind of just chilling because he was regrouping, you know? Um, trying to figure it out but well it's when he was at his lowest remember yes. he was just like i he just figured i figured in- yeah i figured no one was gonna like come to me anymore i figured that like this but was Wormtail the end of found me him. but then wormtail found him. yeah and that's when he hatched his plan and his plan worked not exactly the way he wanted it to But he was able to come back. Like, he would have loved to have been able to dispatch Harry Potter altogether and quietly come back, you know? Um, And now that Harry's there and is like, he's back, he's back, everybody, he's back, he's back, he's back. It's like, damn it, Potter. Damn it straight to Hades. You're full of it, kid. Yeah. Well, right now it's, 
oh crap. Well, right now it's oh crap because the people who know are the people who believe him and trust him. Yes. But right now it's oh crap because if he was able to cause so much chaos in the magical world without having his own body, what is going to happen now that he has a body? What is going to happen now that his his Death Eaters can roam free, essentially? And he has their support. Like, what the hell? Right? It's over. <sighs> it's over. But it's the beginning of the end. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, and that is that. That is that. And moral of the story... Al, right? Yes. The moral of the story? Sometimes you just have to talk to a dog. Yeah. The end. The end. Bye, guys. Bye.